My name is Doug. I'm Rob. And we are here doing a podcast about Harry Potter. Harry Potter. The premise is that I have never read the books. I'm almost uh, almost 30 years old. It is 2017. I'm going to establish that because, just to let you know, is the 20th anniversary of Harry Potter being published in the United States. So for 20 years, I have not read these books. It is 2018. Shit. <laughs> 2018. 20 years of Harry Potter being published in the United States. Um, it's about time that I read them. Yes. I, I have, I've seen the movies. I like the movies. And you were a fan in high school. I'm a fan of the movies, yeah. I went and yeah. saw you know, all the movies when they came out and everything, but intentionally didn't read the books so that I would have no possibilities of spoilers for the films because, you know, at the times, they were coming out in such a way where the movies felt like that was the core of the story. A lot of times I feel like books can over embellish upon elements. Like, you know, you, you famously uh, hate Tom Bombadil. <laughs> and That's son of a bitch. <laughs> because it's it's unnecessary. It's it, so... It, it's, it, you it, know what? Okay, go ahead. And it breaks everything. It so so my, my uh, maybe unfair assumption is that uh, Potter has its own handful of, of Bombadils. I can't... None come to mind, but... I can see there's, if, there's certainly characters that are mainstays in the books that you've never even come across. Even if I am wrong about that, that was my justification for this this long. Sure. Um, and so trusting the filmmakers to give us the the essential Potter information and, and story. So now that the movies are done, we've already moved into Fantastic Beasts Part One and Cursed Child is on you know Broadway. I, it's been enough time. We've had enough time, it's time. Of, of not having read the Potter books. It's time to read them. So this experience, this podcast, whatever it's going to be, is uh, sort of me as an almost 30-year-old digesting a book for children. <laughs> a very, very popular book for children. Whereas I am a 40-year-old who has read the books many, many times. And How many times do you reckon you've read each book? I, I, I think the series would be better because I know I've re I read the first three and then the fourth book came out. So I read the first three again and then the fourth. Right. And then I kept kind of cycling it. So I know the first couple of books have been read more times than the later books. Let's go with seven. Seven? The series, seven books seven, seven times. times. Yeah. Nice. That's a nice round. And number. then there I have audiobooks. I've got audiobooks in German. And I've then got the audio. I've got the UK edition of the audiobooks and I've got the American edition of the audiobooks. So would you consider yourself essentially like a Potter super fan? You're... I wouldn't actually call myself a Potter super fan. Really? But I'm up there. I'm a meta fan. You're a meta fan. That's sure. that's a fine, like, dignified yes. uh, stature of a fandom. But you're the closest I have uh, to someone who knows nuances about Harry Potter. So you're, yes. you're going to be my foil in this, in this experiment of me being essentially completely ignorant, completely unimmersed in the Potter world, except for the films. You're going to be the guy who stands by and guides me through it and or just shakes your head at how completely horrible my interpretations of, of the book are. I will, I will, yes. Cool. I will correct you pedantically. So here we go on, I guess, should we start on chapter one? We should start with chapter start, one. We'll start with chapter one. Um, the Boy Who Lived? The Boy Who Lived. Is that, is uh, that, that is actually, let's, let's, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, <laughs> uh, it is It is called The Boy Who Lived, Mr. What's it in German? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I only really know a handful of the titles in German. <laughs> Book one, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Chapter one, The Boy Who Lived. There we go. I think what I'm just going to do is start like just going through the, the notes I took on the chapter and the things that I felt like were surprising and interesting. Okay. I think the first thing I'd like to say about chapter one of Sorcerer's Stone is that the first three pages are really weird. Yes. They are, they have this voice that, that Rowling uses it, to describe the situation that makes me wonder why anyone, why this book is successful. Like, why this why is this series successful when the first three pages of the first book are so weird? They have a whimsical, like, rolled doll quality. They do have a very doll it's, quality. It's this, 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 even, even the non-magical part of this universe is very colorful and whimsical and bizarre. Well, but also sort of pedestrian. Like, the, the, it's, it's the first three pages are essentially her describing Mr. Dursley's day and his life before, you know, ten years before the present starts. Right. So it's, it's, the, it's the day around Voldemort 
killing Harry's parents and Harry being an orphan and being left on his on uh, the Dursley's porch. So it, it's a lot of him going to work and noticing like things. I think that what you're talking about is things like there's lots of owl sightings. These people in cloaks are walking around that are obviously wizards or witches. True. Um, well, I was just referring even to things like how his mustache is described, you know, right. with the proportions of a walrus. And it's just right. everything is a little more cartoony. Yeah. It's a little more ridiculous. I imagine by the by book seven, it's much darker, oh, much more... Like, much more darker, much much more realistic. Yeah. Even, yeah. even two and three, it tones down a lot. For but That's good to know, because like, it, it was... <laughs> the childlike nature of it reminded me. I was like, well, maybe I should ever read an adult book. But, <laughs> the, but go ahead. But then also like respecting like like all right. It's not my fault that this is. I'm I'm choosing to read a kid's book, or it's not the book's fault rather that I'm ch- I'm choosing to read a kid's. And book. the books are known for aging with the reader. If you were to start the book at eleven, right, and get older, right. That's cool. That's that's good. Whether that was intentional from the beginning or her writing style just got tighter, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's, that's a good question. But it but it definitely made me wonder. You know, I've always I remember being in like kindergarten in the, or first grade and being told, uh, you know, when you write a book, the first sentence needs to be a hook and it needs to catch. And I, I get that this sentence is very you know well known and, and popular, but like it was pretty dull. And the first, the next following three pages, pretty dull. Now I'm one of those people. I don't know how many of the, there are people like with this trade out there, mm-hmm. but I'm one of those people who can't not finish it. So like, if I start a book, I'm gonna finish it eventually. I might take a long break. I don't know how many other people out there are that uh, silly about about finishing something they started. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I imagine, especially children, not so much. No, but I think there are a lot of people who are. Right. Wicked broke me of that. Did it? Never again. Never again. If I hate again. a book, I will put it down. Good. I, I hated Wicked. I mean, I didn't hate this. No. But, like, man, it was... You didn't get the magic. No. At all. I got a lot of, like... And, again, I, I'm, I'm definitely coming from it from a perspective of someone who's informed, at least through the films. Sure. So, all these, like, these pages about different people in cloaks like somebody says to Mr. Dursley, like, references him as a muggle in, like, the first couple pages... Why? That's just the whole idea of this being a secret wizarding world seems like everybody's being pretty cavalier. Now, I, and I get that that's probably because in the exact moment people are celebrating because Voldemort's they're apparently so gone. overwhelmed they're, with emotion. Exactly. They're, they're, they're losing control. Yes. And, and it's, it's further justified in the, <laughs> in the chapter. And it has to... Even though it clearly didn't work on you, it has to hook everybody in. What's this? There are two, clearly two different worlds. And and again, I think that unfortunately happened because I was over-informed. You know, I've seen the movies. I know, I know what a muggle is. I know what a mudblood is. Hey, hey. Spoilers. <laughs> Whoa. Spoilers. <laughs> that was weird. There's also a moment in there that I really noticed, again, with, with being overly informed about the books or about the, the world itself... There's actually a, a sentence in there that in the first ch- chapter where Mr. Dursley is slightly sympathetic. He, in overhearing someone talk about the Potters and their son Harry as if something awful's happened to them, he has this moment where he knows that that is, you know, his family. Those are people he's related to that he, he in some level cares about. And I thought that was really such a departure from every other experience I've had essentially with that character, especially in the films, that it really... It started me on a path of... of in these three these three chapters, really liking the Dursleys a lot more than I think I'm supposed to. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't... I, I, I think I remember the part you're talking about. I just read it as that fear of his that normalcy will be disrupted. Potters, Harry, wait, are they talking about, oh no. Because he knows what we as the audience don't know at this time about who the Potters are, about them being wizards, about right. them. And, or at least to some extent his sisters explained to him right. You know what that world's like. Yeah. I Okay, I mean, he, his big Ferris will be associated with not normal. Right. Well, he... Look in the mirror, buddy. Um... 
he is he is far from normal. This, it, all the effort she puts into trying to make him them seem normal, I don't know, feels abnormal. <laughs> they they feel I like they're, they're abnormally they, normal. That's, okay, that's they're the inverse of the perfectly Adam's normal. Family. Thank you very much. Yes, right. Well, it's a good line. It's it's pretty good. Um, Anyway, it started me off like on this, and we'll see later on. Like that, I I definitely feel like he's them as a family much more sympathetic than I think I'm supposed to. Um, uh, trying to go just through like trains of thoughts throughout the story. So the McGonagall's the cat waiting outside for like a day. She has mad props to McGonagall of being able to sit unmoving. Are we? We're we're bringing the movie into this, right? We can. I mean, I didn't watch it, but no, like, no. But I mean, I mean, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's informing. Banks. Yeah, it's informing me. I mean, are we compare it? Nah, we don't need to. I'm not. No, I'm not interested. In, I'm not trying to compare it, but I'm saying like. Want to nitpick? Oh, you can nitpick. Go for it. Fucking dead. No, you know what? It's there's something either in the movie. You know, I have a problem with both. That's what it is. In the movie, he says, "Fancy seeing you here, Professor McGonagall," mm-hmm. and in this. She is surprised that he's. How, how did you know it was me? Right. I mean, no. I know. I think I know where you're going. Coming from, like, she's a cat multiple times. It's like it should be a very but obvious. Maybe thing it hasn't been do. established yet. With between them, she's already a professor at Hogwarts at this point. No, they both are. It's it's not been realized by Rowling. Oh, that's something I, I think is is super important. And if maybe if this in my last part about this chapter, I think I'll jump to that now because we are we are sort of talking about that. I, in the first chapter of this book, you can really tell her definitely being like, "I want something here. Like, mm-hmm. there's a void here that I want to fill, but I don't know what it is to be filled with yet." Mm-hmm. And you can tell that she just like uses her not knowing as the in lieu of a planned mystery yeah has like the mystery of just her own ignorance the specific example I have that bothered me a lot was the the conversation Dumbledore and McGonagall have about Voldemort where they have a conversation about what happened to him like why wasn't he able to kill Harry he's gone they keep referencing him being gone right what does that mean? They they don't really establish it. Like she, she asked them, Dumbledore, a couple times: Is he really gone? Is he gone for good? Things like that. Like I guess we're, we're still talking about a kids' book where the protagonist is al- is almost eleven. So are we allowed to talk about kids dying or, or things dying at this point? His parents are dead. Why can't we talk about Voldemort being dead? Like, well, I think maybe if the curse just rebounded, they'd be expecting to find a Voldemort body, and there wasn't one. Yeah, but what? But I, I'm sure this all gets explained at some point through the rest of the book. But like, I don't even remember what it, they did in the movie. Like, I don't remember what the explanation was about why, how he got from being told that, like super powerful wizard to hanging out on the back of another dude's head. Like, I believe that might they go into a little more detail. I, I'm, not, I'm not hoping they more, do, but some. It feels... And it might not even be till later books. I can't remember that. It's it's one of those things where I definitely don't like over-exposition, but this thing I feel like deserves a little bit <laughs> of, of explaining. But here at the beginning? No, but okay. like, even the way they're describing it definitely comes off as a writer who also doesn't know the answer. Right. But for some reason is deliberately choosing not to have him be actually dead. Like, like she didn't finish the book and go back and inform this chapter of what she She discovered. may have. She may have. Like, I mean, who can say? It, sure. It's possible, but it feels so vague gotcha. that it feels like it's the it's the writings of someone who was... It, that This first chapter feels a lot more like a thought exercise than being a masterfully, like, plotted mm-hmm. moment. Who knows? Uh, but the, the thing about McGonagall's sitting out there, like, just for a whole day, like, when like, Mr. Dursley leaves, and then when he comes back, she's still there. Right. <laughs> Developed a lot of respect for, for <laughs> Professor McGonagall on that moment where I was like, wow, that's... I can't sit still for very long. Like, if I can choose to sit still, mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything else. But, like, if I'm forced... Like, airplanes, obviously, suck. So imagine, like, that. Imagine it's airplane, except you... It's like you choose, like, not to get up to go to the bathroom. Or did she? Is she, like... Well, did she? Cat. Did she use... Did she... Question <laughs> in, in Harry Potter world when you what was it what's the thing that those well people, I mean it's a spoiler but they're animagus. called animaguses right the animagus do you do you 
do everything? Can, I would, can I would, you? I would, I would think you can. Man, that's cool, I guess. I like I like to think that she was just pooping in the Dursley's yard. In, in the in or Aunt Petunia's flower? Urinating down the, the stone wall <laughs> that she was perched upon, like, right. waiting. Yeah, like, yeah. Have you, did you so, see the movie uh, The Secretary with James Spader and Maggie Gyllenhaal? I, I, I know the scenes it's in it. exactly that moment. <laughs> but I mean... I wanted to be her just strapped the to the... of magic... No. Would, if she turned back, would her clothes be stained? How does she even wear... Like, how do the animagers even move their clothes? Like, it, it seems to be... It bounces back and forth. Like, I know, I know that it... Uh, Sirius it later like is naked when they're walking through right. the, the Peter Pettigrew too Peter Pettigrew right. right we're spoiling all sorts of well but this is all informed by the film like I, I'm sure that we'll we'll rap on these uh, <laughs> I don't mean rap like we're like old timey we're rapping I mean like you know beat upon these drums again later uh-huh. um, <laughs> wow but but well yeah like I, I don't know like I <laughs> I want it to be like the secretary where she's just like refuses to move from the top of of this perch and just urinates like just just forcibly relieves herself because she is waiting for for again it, I feel like there's a time discrepancy here too yeah is she waiting for Dumbledore or is she waiting for Hagrid and if she's waiting for Hagrid why does she ask Dumbledore who's bringing like Harry well also it one gets the impression that Hagrid's coming directly from the scene like this happened earlier tonight right but he stops but she's by, there for the whole day right like it happened last night but also Hagrid makes a pit stop either before or after he picks up Harry to Sirius Black. No. He borrows Sirius... I, th- I, was, in the book. I always thought he borrowed the bike to go get Harry. He borrows the bike from Sirius Black either to go get your Harry or already has it. And he mentions as he's leaving that he has to go return it to Sirius. Right. So, bunch of bunch of things right there I want to discuss. Because okay. isn't... Is, is Sirius... Sirius isn't accused of killing the Potters, right? Like, that's not why he ends up in Azkaban. No. We are jumping pretty far ahead. We're but jumping like, very far ahead. But... Sounds like he's, she's laying, either laying intentionally or, you know, serendipitously putting a very clear alibi in the first chapter of the first book for that character. No. No? No. Because that scene's referenced later from Sirius's point of view. Okay, cool. Fine. Then we'll get there eventually. Um, and he has more of a... Which is a different well, take. I, I just, I don't, I don't want to spoil it for you. Don't spoil it, yeah. Um, but it, it, it. But I would say, I mean, it, it seems to fall in line later. Okay. Well, he does. I was surprised because there's no mention of that in the first movie. Like, there's no mention. Like, I always assumed, oh man, Hagrid's such a badass. He just has a little like motorcycle with a sidecar, which he uses again later, right? In the movies, at least, right? So they, and in the book, no, the sidecars in the books. Well, in the book, it's like it's 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 serious though. Like that is weird because <clears throat> you would have to assume that. Hagrid made the pit stop to borrow the bike. Right. And then put a sidecar on it, or... Sirius has a sidecar? I think Sirius does, might have a sidecar, because I think that might be in a short story. Okay. Cool. Sirius and James. Okay. As that's, teenagers. That's fine. But I'm not sure. Definitely crimps their coolness to be like, oh yeah, we're cruising around Magic London with a sidecar. Then again, wizards might think sidecars with a bee's knees. I don't think like wizards pajamas. I don't think wizards think of bees knees unless they're going to a potion. I have new t- knee of bee, <laughs> <laughs> and the coolness held therein. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Hagrid arrives. Hagrid arrives. One of the weirdest things in this whole first three three. Uh, <laughs> I'm so caught up on like was baby Harry sitting in that crib soiling himself for. 20 hours before Hagrid showed up, saw everybody dead, grabbed him, and brought him to the Dursleys. Was or Harry he... in the crib or on the floor? Because in the movie, it seems to fluctuate between the two. I thought he was in the crib. I feel was, like he's in the show, crib. Then he's got the crib. I feel like he is, but then Shadows sometimes... I don't. I think you're right. I think he's just in the crib. I, for some reason, everyone else was on the floor. Yeah, well, I've, well death. <laughs> but yeah, now I'm very concerned, because if McGonagall's there all day, that means the attack happened the night before. Right. So where's Harry all this time? Unless the Hagrid got him clean, but, got him right away. Well, no, remember, like the, she's there at the beginning because she knows this has already happened. So he's must have already been found. Baby Harry must have already been found by the time she, by the time well before she got to. So the Hagrid house. was just laying low, or didn't know he had a job to do yet. 
That's what I'm saying. So yeah. if, if if he didn't have a job to do yet, and Hagrid's the one who got him from the house, right? The baby Harry's just sitting. No, he's there. not the one who got him from the house. Well, we well, yeah. I mean, again, with more knowledge than we're supposed to have at this point, <laughs> we do know somebody else is the first person to discover. Oh, everybody in the sure, house. Sure, right. Sure. So, I believe Hagrid picked him up from there and didn't have a babysitter style handoff with anybody. But somebody else was somebody else was there before Hagrid. Okay. We know for sure, at least, I know for sure one person was. Okay. I don't know what the, I don't know what happened after that. I don't know sure. who, if the magic police were called, like if the Ministry of Magic came in and like checked everything out before. No, I don't believe so. Be, so I, Hagrid that's... just in, like walked into a murder scene and stole a witness. Yes. <laughs> I feel, I feel like he got, he got him more immediately and, and just killed some time. There's, there's got to be something that explains all this further, because none of that makes any sense. Because all the people... In this first chapter, Dumbledore talks about how like Harry's going to be famous for this. Right. Everybody in the street already knows who he is, essentially. Like, right. like In the end of the first chapter, they're toasting to him. Right. So everyone knows who this baby is. So Hagrid couldn't have just, like, you know, ninja vanished with Harry... Without anybody knowing, like he, somebody I feel like Dumbledore must... would have or- orchestrated that. He'd be like, "Go get the kid. I will give you instructions when I figure out. I have to, I have to, I have to do time to right. make sure the Dursley's house is protected. Got to right. make sure no one's going to find us there. I've got to do all the spell shit. And so what we really I will send need... you a whatever message when it's t- safe to bring him. We, what we really need is like a. We need like a. What's the place Harry lives in? His parents lived in? What's the name? Godric's Hollow. Yeah, Godric's Hollow. Yeah. We need, like, a uh, Law and Order Godric's Hollow, where, like, we, we have an episode where they really go through the crime scene details mm-hmm. of the Potter's double homicide. Right. Because um, there's a lot of questions I have about the order of events that happened in that, that night. I hope... There's seven books. Hundreds of pages. <laughs> I'm hoping at some point she satisfies me <laughs> and goes into extreme detail of some kind. Well, let's hope. Let's hope. <laughs> let's, let's all hope. Let's hope. When, when Hagrid arrives, one of the, the, the craziest descriptions in the whole first three chapters is him. She's trying to describe him being uh, a giant, right? Or half giant right. and how large he is. And, and, and Hagrid's fluctuating size. No, she, oh, go ahead. she, that's not what I'm referencing. Okay. 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 She, in an attempt to describe how large she is, uses one of the strangest similes I've ever read. Okay. Which is that she says that his feet are like baby dolphins in his leather boots. Yeah. That doesn't make any... No one uses baby dolphin as a, as a metric. No one says, like... It's imperial. I need to go get... British. I need to go get some pumpkins to carve into jack-o'-lanterns. What size would you like? Oh, baby dolphin size. I need... <laughs> Gallagher doesn't go get watermelons and say he wants some baby dol- like two baby dolphins worth. I had forgotten about the baby dolphins. It's a good baby dolphin. What the hell? Like who- they- she had editors go through this and, and like looked at it and went, "No, that's reasonable." <laughs> baby dolphins. Like like again, it's a book for children. It's supposed sure. to be a little whimsical. Sure, kids don't know what the size of a baby dolphin is. I don't know what the size of a- size of a baby dolphin is. How is it a preemie baby dolphin? <laughs> like what? Like what? What are the age limits for babies in dolphins? They're pretty small, I'm sure. You don't want a dolphin toddler? Yeah, too big. No, no. But it doesn't make. I don't know. It no, just seems so weird. It's super weird. <laughs> I never thought about that. It's fantastic. <laughs> really, really a strange <laughs> thing for her to do. And then uh, I think the last thing I, I have in chapter one really is uh, because again like it's it's all it's the preamble it's right. all 10 years before 11 years right. before um, the moment when Harry is discovered by Mrs. Dursley it's the book says that she was putting out milk like cartons or you put out the empty bottles empty the, bo- milk the milk bottles right yeah so Britain still had milk bottles was this we, we, again, that's what I wanted spoilers, to know. Spoilers, but this is 82, so maybe. Is it 82? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, 81 or 82. There's a whole timeline, and it's based on gravestones you see later, but... Oh. Yeah. I mean, that, the book that, takes place in, like, 91. The first book? So it, maybe it's 81, because it's 91. Okay. Something like that. Okay. What? What a weird choice. What a strange... It must have been because she, like... 
lived through that time so she could, like, write about it. It just, sure. like, the books came out in 98, well, so... it could be just that the book, 98 or 97, she might have been writing it for, like, five years, sure. so sure. when the book started, right. she was, it was right when she was writing it, and yeah. so, you know, yeah. ten years before that was when he was born. Yeah. Still feels weird. It It's very, it makes me, there's another anachronism that comes in the next chapter that okay. definitely makes me wonder about the longevity of the book series. Like, clearly, Paramount's not going to let it get... Like, disappear. Well, because... Yeah, no. Yes, by your argument, the milkman's still around. Yeah. Yeah. It it doesn't make any... If a child reads this, it's going to go, what the hell is a milkman? Right. I'd assume. I'd assume. I believe... There are certainly artisanal milk delivery services nowadays... But, but do you put out the glasses like? And remember, they're in Surrey. It's not like I don't in know. London. The more the countryside. Maybe, when you when maybe you Surrey's in the countryside, I have no idea. When your daughter read this book, do you remember having to explain to her what the milkman was? No. Uh, I might be overthinking it then, but it feels like a, like an anachronism that would be jarring. It feels like a thing that would take kids, me out of the book. Kids just they, they just like glide they, through these yeah. and like only focus on the fancy parts. Yeah. I'm focusing on baby dolphin stuff because, like, <laughs> that's so weird. <laughs> All right, moving on to chapter two. Moving on to chapter two. Title of which? Hold on. Oh, uh, moving on to chapter two. Very bad birthday. The, no, moving on to chapter two. The vanishing glass. Vanishing glass. Um, I think the first thing that struck me about this chapter was sort of realizing uh, a little carryover from the from the first chapter, which was that there's a lot of fat shaming. In these first three chapters. There is. There's an awful lot of body shaming. There is. Like, at one point she references Dudley, and it might be in the third chapter, but she references Dudley as resembling a pink beach ball. Yep. Yep. And she... And is this all the cha- chapter with a pig in a wig? Yeah. Yeah. Where Harry says that he thinks that, yeah, that uh, uh, Dudley looks to like a pig fair, in a wig. To be fair, not all fat people are awful, but all awful people are fat. But... Are there any really good fat people in Harry Potter? Hagrid? He's a half giant. That's not fair. Like every every everyone I'm thinking of, I think is eventually described as only stout and maybe is cast as a fatter person in the movie. So there might not be. Feels kind of shitty. Feels kind of <laughs> shitty of Rowling to be like really deciding to take a dig at fat people in this book. Again, trying to like Look at it like, okay, it's a kid's book. What do kids relate to? Apparently kids are super into body shaming. I mean, she's Scottish. Yeah. They eat oats. They're fit. I, I don't know. I don't know if any of that's I true. I don't know if that's a thing that... I don't know if that's an accurate stereotype about Scots. I don't know if any of that was true. I'm not even sure she's Scottish. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Super good. Um... But yeah, like, even in the first chapter, she references that Mr. Dursley has no neck. Mm-hmm. She talk, and she talks about how his wife has two times the amount of neck, or twice as much neck as he has. It comes in handy for peeking over neighbor's fences. It does, which she spends all her day doing. Right. But it just feels like a lot of fat shaming. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I get that she's trying to communicate to children, these are bad people. But how and upsetting is that? That, like... No, I... I it's... It's it, it's the Augustus Gloop. It's Could even they worse. spoil him? They give him whatever he yes. wants. There, she's setting that, and that kid would be fat. Right. But she does use that to shame. Not she to does. talk about spoilage. She talks about as if they're worthless people. Right. Like, fat in this is definitely not like, oh, look at this result of gluttony and like overindulgence and and, and no discipline. It could be, it it could be that device where the narration takes on some of the. You know, character characteristics of the person it's described. So Harry is scrawny and treated right. like crap, and while they are eating food in his face, and he's going to be like they're eating food all the time. Those fat jerks. Who yeah, I like mean, crap. I would, I would. Yeah, that I'm not sure if that's. I'm not saying it's defensible. I'm just no. saying that might be a reason. It's possible, but I feel like that she doesn't commit hard enough to like writing the chapter in his point of view. His voice, yeah. To 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 justify True. that. Def- that argument too much. Uh, I think it might just be a. I think you're right if you're if you're thinking of it as it's a thing that happened to her as she was writing. Yeah. Where if she was like, I want to show, I want to show this world like Harry would see it, but not through his eyes to gotcha. give him like benefit of the doubt. So I'll just describe it like this. Yeah, but still, quite a lot of fat shaming. I'm hoping that that only exists while the Dursleys are around. But still, 
I Ugh. feel like it only exists because Neville's only round. Right. He also has the word long in his name. So he and, and he, he ends up fitting out quite nicely. <laughs> wow. Um, I will say I don't we don't talk about casting yet. No. But yeah, like definitely a weird thing. Like I was even thinking about like you know, in the talking about the movies again, like later on there's a handful of characters like Mad Eye, not the most thin actor. No. And I'm sure not the most thin character, but and I, I wonder if I'll get there when we hit that book. But like, no, he's he's one of those stout ones. Stout, right? Yeah. Anyway, that was very strange to me. Okay. Um, I noticed that. Uh, so in the, when they introduce Harry, essentially, uh, I had a lot of issues with Harry. Really? When they introduce him, yeah. Like what? Uh, like he's Pigpen. Like he is a real filthy kid. And I don't think it's it's the Dursleys' fault. You don't think so? I really don't. After reading it, the description in the in the thing is like that he's he like has to find his own socks under his bed, and there's a spider on one of them, and so he like flicks the spider off, and then it says something about how he's like used to spiders because there's a lot of them in the cupboard where he lives, and it's like Harry, clean your room. You got a bunch of spiders in your room. Clean them out. Like you don't have to live like this. Take some responsibility. Like I, I think also she's... do your laundry. Like why is this so difficult for you, man? Like you make it sound like they put you in this house where it's everything's so bad for you, but you're choosing to live in a spider's nest. He probably had no. He's not choosing to live in a. He's spider's choosing nest. not to clean it up. I'm sure he does have to do all the other chores. He only has so much time. He does have school. He's got to make breakfast. He probably has to do their laundry, and it takes priority over his. I feel like if the there's no point where the Dursleys are like, Harry, you separate your your clothes from our clothes when we wash them. Really, it sounds exactly like something they would do. No, because all of his clothes are, are Dudley's old clothes, and Dudley's the kind of character who would be like, I'm not actually done with that old clothes. I'm going to wear it still. Harry, give it to me. Fair enough. But uh, also, what ten year old ever cleans the room? Not ones that live under the stairs, I guess. But it was definitely an eye-opener of, like, wow, Harry's a dick. Like, Harry's a, a shitty little kid. I would hate that kid. If I was his, like, adoptive, like, surrogate family, yeah, fuck that kid. He sucks. He, like, bitches and hangs out. Like, okay, you open your door to this kid who would have died without you. Who right. just just succumbed to the wow. wilds. And then he comes into your house and, like, for years... Fuck shit up, like, like. Okay, at this point where he, where they're like, um, oh, we're gonna go to the zoo with Dudley and his friend, but uh oh, uh, was it Miss Fig? Is that mm-hmm. her name? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Miss Fig can't watch Harry right. because she broke her leg, and then Harry's elated that she broke her leg. Like he's like, oh, awesome! I don't have to hang out with this old lady. So again, age shaming. She's ageisming like these people and then him being like ugh that old like that old lady with her fucking she cats and her old cake ugh I don't <laughs> like dealing with her he's so ungrateful the entire time he has nothing to be grateful he's never had anything to be grateful for I don't think that's like <laughs> I don't think that's a really great justification for being super shitty like everything's shitty Always, I don't think he was excited she broke her leg. I think he was excited he didn't have to go. That he got to go on the fun thing that he's always been excluded from. Sure. <laughs> Comes off like there's room for interpretation that he's happy an old woman broke her leg. Because then he's like, I don't even actually want to go have fun. Because that's what he says. He's like, I could stay home. He's very clearly like, just leave me here. Because then he's like, well, at least I could just watch TV. The TV I want to watch. I'm so pathetic. And then they're like, they glare at him like, I don't know, Harry, that sounds risky. And then he says to them, I won't blow up the house. And it's like, Harry, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like, what kid has to reassure their, like, guardians, hey, if you leave me alone, I'm not going to explode the house. I'll tell you what kind of kid who has to do that. A kid who has proven they would blow up the fucking house if left alone. Clearly you've done something like that, Harry. Own up to it. Stop putting it on the Dursleys. We do find out that he's... The cause of some really weird shit. Exactly! And so, like... Harry, again, personal responsibility. Clean your room. Don't blow up the fucking house. (laughs) It's not that hard. Most kids do it. Oh. Harry. (laughs) Um. Oh, yeah, this is the point where, like, uh, Dudley opens up his presents, right? Where he does his whole, like... I believe so. I need more gifts. 
So Dudley's this goes back Dudley's gifts. So Dudley's gifts. This goes back to what I was saying earlier about him being a little anachronistic, or the 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 book having a little bit of stuff in it that might seem like you know the milkman kind of thing. Where he gets a VCR for his birthday present. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's it's 1992, as you said, ish ish. That's that's when I got my VCP. Still, like it, it's a thing that our ki- do kids know what that is? In ninety one, they did. The book didn't even come out until like late nineties. Uh, I think if kids and it's a, not established what year it is like right now in this book in these first three chapters in no point is it established what year it is I, I feel like it's a pretty insignificant detail though. it's not so much that it's uh, that I'm, I'm upset that she included it it's just like I just wonder if it's a thing that won't last much longer in terms of I, I guess what I'm saying is there are children's books that are timeless. Right. I wonder if Harry Potter will be because mm. there's so much in it that is so, at least in the book, is tied to this time period that you can't really overlook. In movies, you could just get over that. You could leave that shit out. Sure. You could like Harry. At no point in any of the Harry Potter films does anybody have cell phones. I think. Maybe no. I think at some point in one of the latter films, maybe the last Deathly Hallows, he like gets a phone number from a girl in a restaurant or something. Yeah, I think that happens, but even then, that's like if if the, if the book happens. I mean, I can straight up tell you that that scene doesn't happen. Okay, never mind then. But still, like you in in a film, it's a lot easier to jump over anachronisms like that. But in sure. the book, it's it, you can't go through and like you know Replace Lucas it with this DVD. Yeah, right, right, right. or Blu-ray or whatever. Right. So it just makes me wonder. Just, okay. just. It dates itself. Yeah, right and I wonder if that's eventually going to work against it. Like, in 20 years, are kids going to be still reading Potter and still excited about Potter? I I feel like, because the majority of the book takes place in a timeless world. Okay. Well, hopefully, because there's still these weird little things. Okay. So going back to my, my theory about Harry being really self-centered and, and shitty... <laughs> like, all of his outbursts, at least as described in these first few chapters, are all like essentially manifest magical manifestations of him throwing fits. Mrs. Dursley puts on a, a sweater on him and he doesn't want to wear it so much that he somehow makes the sweater shrink around him to where he it could fit a, like a stuffed animal, but not a human. Right. So like he, he gets his way. All of these manifestations all end up in being like, Harry gets what he wants. It's like very much on the line of no. Oh, I get why Dumbledore couldn't kill him. They're the same. <laughs> like Harry's awful. Okay. I, I I don't see him as the cornfield kid from Twilight Zone. He's I, exactly I, that kid. I feel like he's exactly. I, I feel like it's more. It just happens when he's, you know, stressed or afraid. Afraid? I don't mean, I mean this is this has been. I mean, I feel like she's established it from the beginning. This is the same plot point that's in Fantastic Beasts. When the magic person is yeah, cloistered, right, it right, explodes out, right, because they're yeah, but still, like Fantastic Beast came out way after everything else she did was established. Yeah, but it was all it was all based on this, I guess. It, it, obviously, it is, but it still it feels. You're saying Harry's a dick. I'm saying Harry's a dick. I'm, <laughs> I'm saying like Harry is a real magical dick. Like he is a knobby wand. That's what I'm saying, <laughs> and and I just. I feel like there's going to be a lot more through this series where I'm like, look at him be an asshole. I feel like... like fucking Harry, there he goes again, being a dick. feel like you might be right. Yeah, I am right. <laughs> Harry's a fucking dick. So that's not your take on him in the movie? No, Harry's awesome in the movies, but in the... Well, I think there's there's the one scene in the, in the second film uh, where the Weasleys come break him out of their house, in which, it, even watching the film, I'm like, oh, man, the Dursleys. Like, first off... And we'll, uh, well, I'm not even going to go there. It'll go there later. But, like, how sad is it that their house is destroyed because this kid, like, can't just, like, deal? Well, they... Okay. They rip off the fucking side of the house. Like, <laughs> they rip it off. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Yeah. Anyway. So, I, just, I think there's another one where it's, like, he is still... He keeps throwing fits... The fits result in some sort of magic happening, like the uh, the snake thing. So he like he throws a fit about being pushed aside. Okay, that's that's fair. It's not maybe that wasn't exactly what he's throwing a fit about, but he gets pushed aside. He gets upset. The glass disappears, and then the snake gets out and like you know snaps at people a little bit playfully as as, as it's described. But still, it's like I 
get if, if these kind of things happen around this kid. Okay, let's take magic out of it. If okay. you have a kid, right, okay. who is who you're in charge of and you're watching, and every time you deal with this kid, something bad happens. Some like you know, oh, something's gonna get fucked up. Something breaks, or they run away, or like a door's left open and your dog escapes. Something like that, where like you know you're gonna end up dreading that kid. I don't feel like it's unreasonable, or at least. It, you know, not understandable for for the people who are in charge of that kid and forced to, like, deal with that person all the time would be a little resentful and a little, like, upset. I mean, you're making him sound like another unfortunate orphan in the series. But, uh, <laughs> but I'm saying that kid was given chances and Harry wasn't. They... They never try to reach out and connect with him. So what you're saying is, if you want to make a hero, treat them the worst. <laughs> if you want to make a villain, just give them enough attention, and then they'll abuse it and throw it away. So, again, what a weird message to send <laughs> in a children's book. Very strange. Okay. Very, very strange. Okay. Also, that snake's dead. Harry killed that snake. <laughs> that snake chose to leave its enclosure. I, do you think that snake, who was bred in captivity, understood that it where Brazil is would be climate-wise different than Surrey? That snake is a tropical snake. It just escaped I'm sure into Surrey is a waterfront town. It, it's going to make its way to a climate-controlled no steamer no, for South no, America. It's not. Snakes aren't that sentient. Like they don't. That one. I mean, it knew it knew Spanish. First off, no, because in Brazil Thanks, they speak amigo. in 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 Brazil they speak Portuguese. Shit! So it knew. Oh shit! It knew Portuguese. Oh, you just found the crack in the whole series. That blew my mind. <laughs> wow! You would have. Oh my god! It's not from Spain. It's from no. South America. He says no. it's from Brazil. Well, no, no, you're right. Brazil's Portuguese. Right. I mean, to be fair, they would say amigo in Spain it, and Mexico, they, but... They did, but you Brazil, said Spanish. No. You're right. No, they speak Spanish in Mexico. They don't speak Mexican. But they speak Portuguese in Brazil. Not the point I'm making at the moment. Okay. Yes, no, you're still right. Okay. The snake should have said whatever friend is in Portuguese. It's amigo. That's what I'm saying. It, it is still amigo in Portuguese. Oh, well, then what's the problem? You didn't... I take The, the problem is he's... From, I was just wrong. The problem is he's from a tropical climate. Yes. He... They didn't at all mention in the book, oh, the, his enclosure is kept at a nice, you know, 120 degrees or something to keep this snake nice and warm because he's cold-blooded. No, instead, he's going to escape into Europe pretty far from the equator. I mean... And probably, like, freeze to could, death and die. He could hit... He could hit... Spanish Morocco? Africa? I don't think the fact that he can speak Spanish or, or like, speak Portuguese... Is the part that's going to save him? <laughs> like I don't think his comprehension of both English and Portuguese <laughs> are are going to be the thing that gets him on a nice boat, gets him on a schooner stamp, all the way down. Steamer, tramp steamer, <laughs> tramp steamer. No, it's not going to be that at all. Okay. He is going to die in a ditch somewhere in England, and someone's going to find him and be like, "Wow, this is tragic." Or, <laughs> or that snake's actually Nagini. <laughs> Which would blow my mind. It'd be so awesome. That would be. If they were able to say, oh, hey, Harry. <laughs> How do you like them apples? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Man, how awesome would that be? That'd that would be, be so cool. Be a fun twist. If they were like, ba 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 Sorry, Harry. <laughs> I would love that. I, I like both those options. Okay. I like the option of Harry murdering a snake. By letting it free as another condemnation of his bad decision making and him as a horrible, horribly reckless, like, devil may care, fuck everybody else, I'm the chosen one, like, kind of self-centered prick. And I like it as sort of like a hubris thing later where it's like, oh, your, your good deeds don't go unpunished, Harry, guess what? Kill Snake. <laughs> Either way, I'm satisfied, but nothing... I hope there's nothing in the books that tells me anything that would contradict either of those options. Okay. <laughs> because I really want one of them to be true. Okay. Or both of them. What if uh, What if Nagini has Horcruxes? You, you're dropping all the spoilers. I mean, isn't he actually a Horcrux? Yes. So, like, could, you have, could a Horcrux have a Horcrux? Could you Inception... <laughs> 
Uh, could you dream within a dream in a dream in a dream I about mean, Horcruxes? Spoiler territory. No, no, it's okay. Um, oh, okay. Wait, is the answer I, yes? I, I was gonna, well, I was going to say uh, Voldemort kind of invented this whole making a living being a Horcrux, so oh. I don't think it's really been established. Hmm. If Harry himself could like go make a Horcrux, since Harry's a Horcrux. Yeah. Oh, because that's what the magic was that blew him away. Mm-hmm. Eh, still weird. I'm, I hope she needs to explain it. Okay. Damn it, book. <laughs> Everything's not explained in the first three chapters. What the hell? How dare you? All right. Uh, <laughs> okay, so chapter three. Just going to start off saying... What's the name of this chapter? This chapter is Letters called from Letters from No One. Okay, No One. Uh, so chapter three, Letters from No One. One of the best things to happen in the first three chapters happens in the first page of chapter three. And that is when Rowling describes that one of uh, Dudley's gang's favorite thing to do is something that she qual- calls Harry hunting. Yes. Which made me think, holy shit, <laughs> that sounds awesome. I like there's a moment here if I don't read any word further than this moment if I don't read anything further than Harry hunting I can imagine a world in which the rest of the series is a like children's version of the most dangerous game where <laughs> where where Dudley and his friends take Harry to somewhere in the middle of nowhere let him loose and then they hunt him I wish that... That's the book you wanted to read. I'm so jealous of the alternative timeline where she traveled down that thought process (laughs) and, like, that's the books. Or the book just ends there and there's no more series because it ends with them hunting and killing this kid who's a horrible troublemaker. And then they hang his head in the cupboard under the stairs. (laughs) Mounted (laughs) as a trophy. (laughs) That's... That's what I... That's what I want so bad. Um... (laughs) And also, in this chapter, I, could, I couldn't help but notice that, at this point, having read three chapters, that this this series feels a lot like uh, like a writing prompt. That the first three chapters feels like Rowling took a writing prompt of, like, hey, try exercising your ability to world build okay. in the Matilda universe. Because all the stuff that happens to Harry and that Harry does feels very Matilda-y. Yes, like I totally agree with that. Yeah, and and ex- except it's like like the the idea is like, well, what if there was a group of what if Matilda wasn't unique? What if there's a lot of kids who have powers like that? And what if there's an entire world that helps them like deal with it? Trunchbull played Aunt March. That's exactly right. That's right. Um, but yeah, it it, yeah, it uh, does feel it's very much especially the first book has very much. I think that's a great description of world building in the Matilda universe. That's how it feels. And I and I hope it gets better than that. I'm sure it does. But it, it I, I have to say, it, it, when I made that connection, it sort of took a little bit away from my, like, impression of the Potterverse. Well, I mean, I think I've had, my daughter theorized that Matilda would grow up to get a letter from Hogwarts. She was only six. So, yeah, very much could be. I want to read an AMA. Where, okay, I have Rowling has to do an AMA, AMA where she addresses this. I have an AMA question for Rowling. In, Is it Rowling? It's Rowling, like row your boat. Row, Rowling, row. Like we had a row. Well, she should spell it better. <laughs> I was gonna wait for next episode to say that, but uh, for the next chapter that we're not gonna get to today, oh, okay. I have an AMA question for Rowling. Okay, no, I've said it. Damn. Rowling, Rob, it's Rowling. <laughs> Another note I have here in this chapter is that this chapter and the the preceding chapters spends a lot of time shitting on the things Dudley does. So, and, and what I mean by that is, like, from Harry's perspective, the, the narrator spends a lot of time negatively describing Dudley's activities, but never in a way that sort of promotes the positive things Harry's doing. It's always like Harry was grounded because of the snake incident, right? Right. Where he was, and he didn't like wasn't ungrounded for like months later so after uh dudley's birthday it's described that he already broke his a bunch of his toys like he's he's that reckless and things like that like he's he ran over he had like a toy tank that he ran over somebody with or something and it's all these things but it's never like well you know what harry does is harry like spends his time reading or harry like spends his time daydreaming. It's always things are happening to him. He's never actually doing anything. And it's a strange thing to have a protagonist be so inactive. Mm-hmm. 
And especially when you're assigning all this activity to the characters who you're also trying to paint as being, like, uh, bad examples. I see that. But I would also say she's showing Dudley doing all these things and still being lauded by his parents. It's true. That's what Harry's having to deal with. Yeah. That even even smashing all of his new toys and devices... What, did, did he sit on his air gun? Yeah, he sits... He, again, another fat-shaming moment. He <laughs> sits on his air gun and that he traded something for. He traded something... A parrot. Yeah. He had a pet parrot. So, again... Matilda. He Yeah, he, he gets a... He gets a familiar, trades it for an air gun that he sits on and breaks. Why couldn't Dudley have been, you know, a muggle? We don't know. Could it? Could he have been? Maybe Dudley is not a muggle. Maybe Dudley is a mudblood or something. Maybe Dudley has this innate power mm-hmm. to make his parents give him everything he wants. Oh. What if this is like not so much them being bad people as much as it is Dudley having latent magic abilities? That he's that just manifest themselves in that way. The Imperious Curse. Yes. Mm. What if he's constantly using the Imperious Curse on his fans? That's an parents? interesting idea. I never thought about that. And he's never had to like do anything else. Like he's never had to like because he's constantly getting his every need and wish fulfilled. He doesn't appear as if he has anything else going on. Like he's never freaking out like Harry would be and like breaking things. Maybe one of those letters was for him. Maybe they were, but they would never well, know. Oh, by the way, we'll take the fat one too. Right. Well, I would hope that at some point Dumbledore would have been like, Hey, you know your <laughs> You know your cousin. Like he's <laughs> also a mid- he, he's also a wizard. He's a wizard, Harry. <laughs> I I don't know. I I would be again, I would be fine if it was revealed later. That Dudley was, in fact, and he, like, and his parents would have every incentive to hide that, mm-hmm. like even more so than Harry, because mm-hmm. at least, again, another thing, like, hopefully, we get there in the next few chapters. But I'm, I'm anticipating having a lot to say about the Dursleys' motivations and why they wouldn't just kick Harry out or allow I him to go it takes to Hogwarts. Quite a while to come up with that. <sighs> anyway, um, we see a reappearance of the Milkman. Do we? I forgot. I didn't know he that. He hands her the eggs through the window. Oh, yeah, that's the, right. The bemused milkman, I believe. Yeah, because they bemused because they've boarded up the door. He can't get through the door anymore right. because of all the letters. And right. then the, the eggs even have letters in them, I yes. think is what it said. Very strange. One of the things that Harry mentions in this being his uh, his birthday, or it's coming up on his birthday. Mm-hmm. By the end, of, the end of the chapter is the moment it turns Harry's 11th birthday. And... In the course of him being, you know, drug across the country by Mr. Dursley and the whole family going on this wild escape from the mailman uh, journey, he reflects on his last birthday in which one of the gifts he got was a coat hanger. And I thought, that's a little too much. Like, it's a little too much to be a passive-aggressive aunt to be like... Hey, you know what you should get for your birthday? I wish you were never born. Here's the coat hanger your mother should have used wow. to get rid of you. I, I always thought it was more of a, oh, right, it's your birthday and I'm holding this. Here you go. Oh, no, no. I think it's much more like, I wish you were dead. <laughs> like, I wish your mother had used this to to scrape you out of her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which is in more yeah, line which with the painting... With the, with the picture she's trying to convey of the Dursleys, but... <laughs> Way too much. It's, it's, it's a bit dark there, Mrs. Dursley. And by your Dursley. argument, not at all what she's painted thus far. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it feels like really passive-aggressive. That's not passive-aggressive at all. That's just flat-out aggressive. No, because she's not saying... She's not actively saying it to him. She's just handing it to him like, wink. <laughs> like, here you go, kid. Here's the coat hanger. Wire hanger. <laughs> Does it say wire hanger? No, but I'm... That's, I am yeah, reading no, that into no, it. No, it see. has to be. Sure. For the 91? Kid. Yeah. Yeah. It has to be a wire hanger. Yeah. Yeah, dark. <laughs> dark, but like... Pretty bad people. I mean, it, it, she wants you to think they're bad people. Sure. So I don't think I've ever made that. I'm not sure anyone's made that connection. You've cracked it. <laughs> Feels like first, first Portugal, <laughs> Portuguese now, in Brazil. It's not Portugal. Well, but Portugal's closer, so the snake has a chance. The snake didn't have a chance. It just has to go that across the channel. That snake is dead. That snake is dead. <laughs> or it's Voldemort's familiar. One way or the other. 
Harry made a mistake that day. <laughs> <laughs> and his aunt's insisting that Harry's mother made a mistake by not... Aborting. Aborting him. Okay. <laughs> on that note... On that note... <laughs> I guess that wraps up episode... One? Yeah, I guess that wraps up episode one. Chapters one through three? Chapters one through three. Yeah, you know, I think the takeaways... Harry... This is our universe. Yeah. Harry's a dick. Harry's a total dick. The, the Dursleys aren't, aren't that bad. Big takeaways, Dursleys aren't that bad. Probably the most relatable and human characters, at least in the first three chapters. Most realistic stuff is, is coming out of them. Dursleys, not that bad. Harry's a total dick. Harry's awful. There's gotta... D- D- Harry's like Dennis the Menace in a, in a magic world. But not like... I feel like you're arguing more for a bad seed. Yeah. Uh, or, or the good son. Yeah, he's not really like he. I mean, I think she wants you to think he's like a, a good-natured, like Dennis the Menace type. But I, I definitely feel like he's more. He is. He has malice. <laughs> he has hate. Maybe because he's a little bit like Voldemort. Because they are like they're a little bit too much alike. Maybe we're supposed to be noticing this. That's a good point. Maybe we're supposed to be noticing that he isn't all nice. He's not the nicest boy. It's possible. It's possible. It's possible that this is insane foreshadowing. <laughs> like it's possible that this is the best plotted story ever. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible. It is anything. I I'd rather assume it's unintentional, and she just wrote the, her lead as a dick. I would love that if that was the case. <laughs> that would be. That would make me so happy if. You know, millions of children around the planet are excited about like idolizing this kid who's just an ass. And just <laughs> you know, like, I think the book might support the books might support that. He's a little, he's like a little like Cartman. I think he's like ungrateful. And I know the obvious allegory would be, well, oh, Cartman's a little bit more like like Dudley, but he's but Harry's a dick. Right. Like bottom line, Harry's a bit of a dick in these first two chapters. I really hope that never changes. <laughs> I think it might not. I really hope that he's always an ass. Anyway, that's all I have for my review of the first three chapters or my insights into the uh, the first three chapters. Is as this will hopefully serve as a pensive of some kind. Oh, I, what's that? I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah. Do you have any closing thoughts? You've given me a lot to think about. Yeah, have I shaken your your, your Potter core? There, there's. If I shake in your dragon heartstring, I, I, you've plucked it. Oh no, I plucked it. <laughs> <laughs> it's late. No, I feel like I feel like as the chapters delve into Harry Potter, I'll have more to say. Okay, but early on. Okay, yeah, I'm keeping like the books. Yeah, yeah, no, no, t- not too many spoilers. Descending into the world gradually. Yeah, is it is it interesting to be like a super narrator, like to have that superposition of knowing everything and? Yeah. It is. But, like, it's frustrating, too, because there's things I want to say, but then I'm like, mm-hmm. well, but no. Right. You, even even the next chapter, I want to talk about that, but we can't yet. No, I mean, I, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. Hagrid's reappearance. Hagrid's? I've, I've, got, I've got questions. Oh, cool. Questions. Does he have the motorcycle again? Oh, what do we... We'll find out. We'll, <laughs> we'll find out. Oh, I guess we could talk a little, a little bit about, like, the extent to which Mr. Dursley tries to escape. I, I can't... I guess I, we'll start there. I get that, the, the, like, you mentioned something that I don't feel like is crazy well fleshed out in the first three chapters, which is that the Dursleys strive for normalcy. Like, that's the main thing mm-hmm. about why uh, Mrs. Dursley and her sister, like, had a big schism, was the idea that, well, she's, you know, Lily's abnormal. Like, you know, she's a she's a witch. She what's She's so, you know, so different that she's, you know, they don't even want to think about that she's related to them. Right. I mean, I, I just, I find a unfortunate lacking of knowledge in the Mr. Dursley character in that you'd think that the easiest thing to do to get back to normal is to not have Harry around. You'd think that the easiest thing to do would be like, yeah, Hogwarts, take him. Can you take him forever? Can you take him every month of the year? Does he have to come home for summer? There are reasons. There are reasons. I hope so. But it, 
I, I hope that I'm, I'm excited. reasons stand up to your scrutiny? I don't know, but there are reasons. I'm also just hopeful. I'm really more saying, like, I'm hopeful to read those things. Like, I actually am interested in seeing... Th- that's one of the things I'm actually hoping to get the most out of these books, is answers to these, like, minutia questions that I had from seeing the films and, and a lot of this stuff not being answered. There should There is a lot of that. There's a lot of loose ends in the movies that are left in for fans who just know. Right. And there's a lot of things that were just cut out and you know other things joined together kind of awkwardly so I mean I, I like the books because they, they flesh out a lot from the movies yeah again it just seems I hope I, I'm excited for that because so far it seems like the the Dursleys are going through a lot of effort to stop themselves from solving the problem they want to solve mm-hmm. so I uh, man I tell you what I, I feel for the Dursleys it's the, yeah, it's that. It's that. Do we get rid of the kid, or do we let him go? Well, do we keep the kid from being right. abnormal, or do we let him go and get him out of her hair? Best of both worlds, give him a coat hanger <laughs> and a time turner. Tell spoilers. Or also, also tell him like wink, wink. Go buy a gun, Harry. <laughs> <laughs> Britain can do that. I know. Well, he 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 could <laughs> he could have bought a coat out of a mirror. <laughs> Anyway, on that cheerful note, thanks for joining. I, I hope it was a somewhat of some kind of an experience, uh, whatever experience that may be. Hopefully it wasn't too traumatic or awful for you. Thanks for joining us. I'm Doug. I'm Rob. I'll uh, see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>